0: Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kelly S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So today's Friday, August 31st, 2018. And today we're reading in the big book, and we're on page 102, on the third, very last paragraph there that says, many of us keep liquor in our homes. And then we're going to read through two paragraphs, ending with, by one who hates it. And then we're going to comment on both paragraphs. So our readers today are for the 12 Steps, Esther F., 12 Traditions, Tinson P. Readers of the Text, Barbara E., Katie G., Hoodie R. Our newcomer greeter this morning will be Robin S. and our second hour host, Deb W. The reference numbers for Thursday, yesterday, August 30th, 2018, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 11855, 11855 and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 11856, 11856. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members we are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now have Esther F. read the 12 steps. Good morning, Esther.
1: Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everybody. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass.
0: (coughs) Thank you so much, Esther F. And next up, Tenzin P. will read the 12 Traditions.
2: Good morning, Tenzin. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Tenzin P. checking in from uh, near New York City. The 12 Traditions, this is the short form. There is also a long form in the back of the AA Big Book just after the short form. So the short form of the 12 Traditions, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. O O-Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the O-8 name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Tenzin P. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, you press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, please let us know by saying pass. Then you press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we are resuming our study of the Big Book. We're on page 102, we're on the third last paragraph there that says, many of us keep liquor in our homes, and then we're going to read through two paragraphs ending with by one who hates it, and then we will have comments on both paragraphs. And Barbara E. will get
3: us going. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you so much for your service. Many of us keep liquor in our homes we often need it to carry green recruits through a severe hangover. Some of us still serve it to our friends provided they're not alcoholic, but some of us think we should not serve liquor to anyone. We never argue this question. We feel that each family in the light of their own circumstances ought to decide for themselves. We're careful never to show intolerance or hatred of drinking as an institution. Experience shows that such an attitude is not helpful to anyone. Every new alcoholic looks for this spirit among us and is immensely relieved when he finds we're not witch burners. A spirit of intolerance might repel alcoholics whose lives could have been saved had it not been for such stupidity. We would not even do the cause of temperate drinking any good, for not one drinker in a thousand likes to be told anything about alcohol by one who hates it. Okay. For me now, uh, it says the important point, are: many of us do choose to keep foods we do not eat in our homes. Some of us even serve it to their friends. And then some of us don't keep it, certainly don't serve it. But it's important never to argue the point. And It's something that each family, each sponsor, each guide, each sponsee must work out for themselves based upon their own experience. For me, I do have these foods in in my home. I do serve them to guests. They're clearly out for display, but I do not desire them. That's the gift of the program. I'm not tempted by them. I have no craving for them. I have no resentment for my family members who eat them. They're just beautiful items that I might see in a museum. That wasn't true when I first came in. I didn't make any pasta. I didn't make any ravioli. I scoured my cabinets, my refrigerator, under my bed, inside my bedroom closet, to make sure none of the foods that I no longer felt safe in eating were left around. That was then. This is now. Um, I told my husband at the time, if he wanted those things, of course you should have them. But to hide them away, not tell me he was hiding them away, because I know I'd get up in the middle of the night with a flashlight and be looking under his bed, in his closet, in his office for those foods. Today, 2018, I don't do that. I make sure never to disparage or try to shame someone into not indulging. I make sure my face doesn't register any pity or scorn or even staring at the person who's eating volumes or eating foods that I no longer eat. It's simply not my job. I don't put down other food programs, food plans either, because I simply tell the person that they're fine. They just didn't work for me, and why my experience with Overeaters Anonymous and following the steps and the tools has worked for me. I feel so grateful to go to bed every night saying, I did it. I'm recovered. Thank you, God. And waking up every morning and saying, please, God, help me to set aside all my food desires, my character defects, that I may be a more loving, kind person. From going from an unkind, unloving, selfish, self-seeking, self-centered person, I now want to work with others. Thank you. Be there for phone calls and do service. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Barbara E. And again, we're going to be on page 102, the third last paragraph there, reading through two paragraphs and commenting on both. Who would like to share? Charles Katie Rich, G from Boston. Charles. Katie. Valtorio. I didn't get Jan it. S. Jan S. The P. Melissa, hey, Melissa
4: Jan S.
0: Jan S. Okay, I got Nancy you. P Nancy P. Noreen. Maureen, what's your last initial? Well we'll get that your turn. Doreen. Was it Doreen or Doreen J or Maureen?
2: Noreen
5: J.
0: Noreen. Ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, let's stop there. Okay, so here's who we have so far. Charles H. Everybody can please press star 1 to mute your phone if you got on. There's a lot of background noise. Check your phones, please. All right, so I have Charles H., Katie G., Jan S., Dorita P., Melissa from Maryland, but I didn't get your last initial, Nancy P., uh Noreen J and Don B. So everybody uh press your phones, star one, and we'll get started. First up, Charles H. followed by Katie G. Good morning, Charles.
6: Thank you very much, Moderator, for your um loyal service. Charles H a recovered from Cold either. Boy, ain't nothing like a recovered uh witch burner, huh? <laughs> you know, um dictating and, and turning turning my nose up. You know, and, and and the text tells me that um into- a spirit of intolerance would repel alcoholics. <laughs> you know no wonder the rates, the recovery rates are probably going down. We kicking them in their face. Oh, you should eat this and you should eat what I eat. How are you a doctor, Charles? No, you're not. You can make a suggestion, but don't be a recovered witch burner. That is that is so trollish, you know. Um, and again, you know, you could you could offer um, what what how you got well, right? Don't 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 tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to eat. Show me what you did, right? Because <laughs> I don't want to repel you. If because if, if I can't cause if I can't help you, at least if I can't help you, at least I could be quiet. I don't want to hurt you, and and and, and I keep it real. I, I I heard I heard a lot of compulsive overeaters, you know, starting out. Hey, you shouldn't eat that. What are you doing? Why you didn't send me your food plans? You sending me your food plans ain't gonna get you well. Uh, it it took me a long time to learn that. It took me a long time to have some patience and tolerance um, with 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 folks because they had it with me. My sponsor had it with me. I, I keep it real. Uh, the only bad sponsor I had was me because <laughs> I was sponsoring a damn fool, and when I surrendered right um i got I got help and, and and the more help I get, the more tolerant I get. The more tolerant I get, the more loving I get. The more loving I get, the more the more I want to help people by not telling you what you need for your body. I am not a doctor, and even if I was, I'm not your doctor, and with that I' that.
0: Thank you, Charles H. Next up, Katie G. followed by Jan S. Good morning, Katie.
7: Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, my family. This is Katie G. Recovered, compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. How am I intolerant right now? How am I unwilling to grant equal freedom of expression to all? When I first came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, I entered a certain faction of OA and I was very intolerant of anyone who wouldn't do what I did I couldn't understand and I wouldn't talk to you and I wouldn't have you in my network and I didn't think you had anything to offer me or teach me and I did hundreds of resentment turnarounds on that community when I left and when I found the big book Alcoholics Anonymous in a different at a different meeting I was intolerant of people who didn't understand the book. Right, because you shouldn't be able to to express yourself freely if you're wrong, if you're not doing a program according to KDG. And most recently, my recovered thinking, not recovered, has been intolerant when I go to carry the message of the book that works for me with other people. And the minute someone doesn't know the book, I'm a I'm a witch burner. I'm like, how do you think you're going to get better? What do you think you're going to do? If you don't follow these, pers- these exact, precise directions, put it down in black and white, you know, 60 minutes uh, for an hour after your step five, like I get intolerant. And why? Because I get afraid. I get afraid. I get afraid that I'm doing it wrong, right? But this inventory shows me like, if I'm able to, to be by the grace of God, only by God's loving grace, that I'm recovered this morning, then how you work your program is great. This is not about me judging you and telling you what to do. This is about you getting to God. And what gets you to God can be fundamentally different from me, and that doesn't mean it's wrong. All I know is what God is showing me works for me, and it's not my business. I can be intolerant of people who are overweight and say, oh my God, you're fat. Like you should be an OA. And I'm sorry, I know this is ugly thinking, but this is the truth. This is what my disease tells me. Or if you're thin, you should be an Overeaters Anonymous. What are you doing? But who am I, right? And then it's not my business what my family eats. You know, I heard someone and I was very sad the other day. She said she was telling her kid that they needed to weigh and measure. And I was like, okay, well, if that works for you, that's great. But please, God, don't let me do that. Don't let me dictate. Don't let me pass on my unhealthy ways of of eating to other people. Don't let me dictate. Don't let me be intolerant, right? Because if I knew what was best for you, then the big book would be called KDG, right? And it's not. It's not last time I checked. If you find the chapter for KDG, let me know. But, like, please, God, keep. please continue to change my heart. And help me be accepting, loving, and tolerant. Because what gets you to God is what gets you to God. And uh, I pray that I keep getting to God each and every day and growing and changing. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Katie G. Next up, Jan S., followed by Dorita P. Good morning, Jan.
4: Good morning. Good morning, visionaries. This is Jan S. calling from St. Augustine, Florida. Um, Thank you, everyone, for sharing this morning Um, I was a witch burner as well, you know, because I had the answer for a very long time, I thought. In the meantime, I was struggling and I was uh, uh, having, you know, problems with my own abstinence on and off. But um, so today I understand being recovered that, you know, the food does not call to me. Um, But I... I do not have a right to criticize anybody else and how they eat, and I have been guilty of that um, in my life. And you know, in you know the recent six months, I've you know turned that around. Thank you God. I really try to um, abstain from you know and refrain, abstain from looking at other people's plates and what they're eating, and refrain from giving them any, quote, learned advice that I sagely can, you know, hand over, which is, you know, not really the truth because I don't know it all. It's not my job. Um, my job is to stay absent and today for myself. Um, I am okay having, you know, different foods in the house that are not on my plan that are things that my body has a, you know, a, a, an allergic reaction to. I don't consume those. I do serve them. But, you know, it's not mine. It's simply not mine. It's like being a teller in a bank. You count that money all day, but it's just not yours. But, you know, other people have a right to that if that's what they choose. And so I know for myself today, that thinking just makes me crazy again. And I can't afford to go back there. I can't afford to lose my serenity over that kind of thinking, things that I'm powerless over. And I can't afford to force my will on anybody else. You know, it's not, that brings me back to page, you know, those pages 60 to 64, 65, where, you know, if everybody just did it the way I wanted it, every I would be fine. No, that's not the case anymore. I want to be really free. I want to be free of even wanting to tell people that they, you know, I don't, and I don't today. Today I just like, I just give them leaves and, you know, and, and bless them, you know, and, and just take care of myself. And uh, some days that's really, uh, you know, a full-time job for, for me and, you know, just letting it go to give it to God. So thank you uh, for all for being there. Thank you for sharing today, and I wish everyone a blessed weekend. Bye. I pass.
0: Thank you for your share, S. Next up, Dorita P., followed by Melissa. Good morning, Dorita.
8: Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. My name is, uh, taking you off speaker, my name is Dorita Pippen from Cleveland. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm really grateful to be here. It's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason. So I am really grateful I have a seat here. Yes. it says, many of us keep liquor in our homes. I can't really relate to all of this. And I was looking in a book, and somewhere in the book it says, if we can't do at least some of these things, uh, we still have an alcoholic mind. I was trying to find it. I wish I could find it because I just wanted to see it for myself. And then back here on page um, 85, it says, um, it's the ten- it's the tenth step promises they start on the bottom of eighty four and go to eighty five um, we 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 will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes that is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected, yeah, yeah, we have not even sworn off um yeah, um, so I worked at a couple of daycare centers, and I used to have to serve, you know, some of my favorite food to the children, and, um, you know, I would say maybe point zero 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 one time, I, you know, I didn't think about eating in the, any of it, but I was like, you know, here's some thoughts, so... Uh I mean I, I used to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So I used to love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And just so um so today, you know, I don't I don't hate I don't I don't show this spirit I don't have this spirit of intolerance or hatred uh for food. I you know, and I tell people I, I love it. You know, and, and I presume I still love it. I don't eat it or consume it. I like what the lady said about working in the bank. You know, you're working with this money all day, but it's not yours. I, I, I'm going to have to use that. that. That was real. That was, I like that. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, people would say, you know, I love, you know, new people that say, I love chocolate. I don't see how I can't, I can't like, I can't live without chocolate. And I tell them I felt the same way. I said, I love chocolate. I love pasta. I love all this stuff. I don't eat it, but I love it, you know, and and I think uh, they could relate to that better. And then lastly, I'll just say, you know, I had two uh, guests, a couple uh, at my house. um, What was it? Um, I'm uh, finishing up at my place uh, over the weekend, last weekend, and I served them pancakes, pancakes and eggs. I I don't eat eggs. And I served them this stuff, and, and also it's funny. I don't eat turkey bacon. I eat I eat bacon, pork bacon, but I don't, don't eat turkey bacon. But the turkey bacon didn't bother me at all. But the pancakes and eggs, they didn't bother me. Um, in fact, our conversation was so maybe the word is intriguing. I didn't even think. I mean, I, I noticed that they were putting all this butter and syrup on their pancakes that I cooked. But other than that, Fine. I was just I was just so. Um, Thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Dorita P. Next up is Melissa. I didn't get your last initial. What is your initial? It's from Maryland. Melissa, is that right?
9: Hi, hi Kelly. I think it's Melissa C., but then I think you combined... Um, Amy, Amy G. G. from Maryland. Right
0: <laughs> you got it. Well, so let's just do that. <laughs> How about Melissa C., then Amy G.? <laughs> well, Okay. A.
9: Okay, great, Melissa. Thank you. It's Melissa C, recovered um, compulsive overeater in New York, and uh, set my timer. Yeah, so I keep I keep food in the house, obviously, you know, and um, and I keep alcohol in the house too, you know, Um, because I I kind of have to, you know. I keep, in fact, I keep all my alcoholic binge foods in my house when there's a good reason, you know, just like. When we're given the directions about going out into places, like the most dangerous place for me as a compulsive overeater with food was in my house anyway. So um, I kind of use the same rules. You know, I kind of apply the same thing. Um, If there's a good reason, you know, I don't run out and buy all my alcoholic binge foods just to sort of test my resolve and and be cocky you know and um and I don't run out and buy them cuz like honestly they're not the most healthiest choices and I love my family you know and so um as as a mom in this house one of my roles is to help you know feed my family nutritious nutritional choices but um so you know what i do you know my rule for me is when i go food shopping um i'm i'm filling my cart with healthy options now some of those really healthy options happen to be my alcoholic foods too and i buy them you know i don't um i don't like you know happily buy candy and soda and baked goods cuz i love my family, you know. Um and i think, you know, as an as even if i wasn't a compulsive overeater, i don't really want my kids consuming lots of soda. It's not good for them. But if i'm asked specifically, you know, if my kids ask me for something specifically, if my husband asks me for something specifically, i buy it. You know, um and Sometimes I do, I have to be honest, sometimes I do look at my kids and I get a little concerned. Maybe they have what I have. And, you know, and then I have to reflect that I grew up in a home where my food intake was watched, discussed, supervised, monitored. Um, My mother loved me. You know, she really loved me and she thought she was doing right by me. And... um, but she couldn't stop this train, you know. And so in the event that my kids do have what I have, I don't know. I'm not God. They could just be heavy eaters at times. They could just like junk like every American kid. Um, but if they do have what I have, being their food police is never going to be useful, you know. And, and um, so what can I do to be useful? Liver covered, you know. Enjoy healthy food. I'm not going to drive my kids into hiding with food. You know, I hope that I'm not intolerant. I, I just want to have a spirit of love and tolerance towards them um, and even, you know, to junk food. Thank you. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Melissa C. Amy G., um, I put you down. I put you from Maryland, so I got that part. Are you available to share?
10: <laughs> yeah, and Can you hear me okay? I, <laughs> I, I can Okay, great. I, I hit the road when I didn't hear my name called, so I'll just, I'll keep trucking here. But thank you so much. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Um, the one that strikes me today, the spirit of intolerance might repel alcoholics whose lives could have been saved had it not been for such stupidity. You know, I think that he chooses his words very <laughs> appropriately because when I think of that, I think, oh my gosh, from what high horse could I sit there and be intolerant? I mean, why is that so stupid? It's because who am I? I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I I can't judge and I can't speak from any pedestal when I sit and look at people that could or could not be binging or people that are drinking. I mean, shoot, I'm going to a wedding tonight. People are going to be drinking. My guess is someone's going to get drunk and people are going to be eating a lot of foods that I don't eat. How can I sit there and judge based on my history? I mean, it's almost hilarious to think, that I could be critical of others. But yet, with my twisted thinking, and if I'm not in fit in fit spiritual condition, then sure, I could go there. And that's why they say, you know, if we are in fit spiritual condition, we'll be in a, in a position, I will be in a position of, of neutrality, where I can look instead to see where I can be of maximum service. And I can certainly do that at a wedding, you know. I can be talkative. I can compliment the bride. I can pull out a chair for someone who's wobbling because they're drinking so much and help them sit down. I can get a cup of coffee. I can look around for the wallflower and make conversation with them because I know what it's like to be a wallflower. Because I'm doing what the program asks me to do, is to go out there and be a fit spirit. I mean, go out there and carry the message to the still-suffering whomever, you know what I mean, to get out of myself. And that's what I will try to do today. But that's at the wedding. But that idea of this this, this idea of, um, you know, being critical and judgmental, it, it is almost a laughing matter when I think of it, because I can't judge being where I have come from. And as long as I remember that, I can go anywhere. I can do anything. And as far as the food at home goes, you know what? Like others have said, I can put candy in the house for my kids to have every once in a while, but I don't put it eye level. I don't hide it but I don't sit there and have to look at it every day. It doesn't bother me. Or when I go to the grocery store, I don't need to go down the candy aisle because I don't have any business being there unless I'm going down it to get some candy for my kids. I'm not stupid about it. I wouldn't sit there and, you know, go to a a candy store when I don't have any business being there but if there's someone I need to help to go there that's what I do. So I'm always looking at my motives. I'm checking my motives because through this program I've become self-aware by the grace of God of working these 12 steps. I've become self-aware. So I can check my motives. I can pause. I can say, is there business that I need to have to go in there? Do I need to do that? I can check my motives. This program gives us so many options and so many tools that we can go out and be a maximum service without having the food calling to us. And oh by the way, you know, if I am in my house or if I'm somewhere and I'm being critical and intolerant or the food is calling to me, time. that is a warning. Thank you. Oh, let me wrap up. That is a warning sign for me to take a look at where my program is at. Instead of judging others, it's for time for me to take a look at me and see what's going on with me. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Amy G. Next up, Nancy P. Followed by Noreen J. Good morning, Nancy.
11: Hi. Good morning, everybody. Um, thanks for letting me share. Yeah, I um, I've talked about this the last couple of days. I have, um, you know, I bake in all the time for my family, for my coworkers. I, you know, I I'm the first one that people call. They ask. I don't, I don't generally volunteer so much, but I am asked often for the schools and all that sort of thing. And um, I don't. It doesn't. I don't like to say it's not my food. It just doesn't interest me. It literally doesn't exist for me, just like what it says. However, I can say that, as far as being a witch burner, I felt burned when I a long time ago. And um, in my area of the country, in the, you know, back in the beginning, at the dawn of time, you know, OA was only practiced in one way. And gradually, you know, little factions started to emerge and they started to feel exclusionary to me. And um, I remember, you know, it's some, like, we've all been to business meetings that have felt like world war three. And, you know, there was some vociferous arguing at one of these business meetings. And um, somebody said, you know, like they were much way you know, their recovery was miles, light years ahead of mine. And they said, well, you know, they're going to think that because they're new. And I said, but they don't think that they are. And she said, yeah, but they are. And, you know, and that, was like a schism you know everything switched and then I moved to an area where there was more like more people like that than how I was used to and I tried to fit in and I didn't and I was always like I felt like a cat that had crapped on the rug you know like bad kitty you know I always felt like I was having my nose rubbed in my own in my own disease and and hit and said stand in the corner you know thrown out of the room and I just didn't feel good enough and um And so I became intolerant of those people and, um, not all of those people, but many of those people. And, um, you know, I had occasion and you know who you are on the line. I had occasion to confront that yesterday and I didn't like it. And it was, it was, I don't like it because I want to feel like, I want to feel. I don't always feel like I'm floating along the road of happy destiny, but I do often feel like the, you know, cue the Handel music, like here I am, I'm recovered and I feel great. Um, um And so I had to confront my own prejudice and um or my own intolerance and still feeling like I know what the right thing to do is and um where the right the, how the right way is you know and we all know what that 's like with many in many different areas of our lives, like politics and just the way we raise our kids or whatever you know um so that was hard for me and um you know, I had to take a hard look and i and I had to confess that you know they 're not they you know they're not they 're not different it 's all me you know i 'm them and they 're me and you know i 'm not special i 'm not special to get better recovery and i 'm not special that i don 't deserve recovery i 'm special enough i 'm just as special as everybody else, and I deserve to have the same kind of life that everybody else wants and deserves. Fine. and um, so I feel like thank you i 'll wrap up I feel like you know I learned something yesterday even though i didn 't like it and um, and I feel great again today. So thank you so much for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Next up, Noreen J. followed by
0: Dawn B. Good morning, Noreen.
5: Um, hello. Noreen, My are you fam- there? Yes, can you hear me? My family's sleeping, so I'm going to pass and just absorb what I'm hearing. It, it's like 5.37 okay. a.m. for me. So Thank you so much. But All right.
0: Don B., are you up, You available?
12: I am here. Thank you. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can't. Okay. Um, I am a recovering col- compulsive overeater, and I'm just new to this, so I just wanted to share this morning. This is my first phone meeting. Good topic. My goodness, that's... Uh, run I believe many addicts of any kind out of many rooms is is the witch burning and I have the right answer and you don't you're going to do it my way because as addicts sometimes we tend to uh have control issues as well um but I am so grateful to to have six days this is my sixth day with no no sugar I'm sorry for mentioning that Specifically, but I'm very excited about it, and um, and no, you know, snacking between meals, and, and I'm feeling better. But I'm looking for a sponsor, and um, I just wanted to put that out there. I sent an email out on the OA sponsors email. Um, I got my twelve by twelve in the mail, and so I'm gonna. Go ahead and pass I just wanted to say good morning and thank you for letting me share
0: thank you Don and if you stay on till the end of the second hour we announce sponsors so all right so guys here we are we are on page 102 third last paragraph where many of us keep liquor in our homes we're reading through two paragraphs ending with "by one who hates it commenting on both paragraphs and who would like to share
13: This is Larry K.
0: Jennifer. Linda D. from Connecticut.
14: Margie D.L. from Texas. Sally A.
0: Okay, here's who I heard. Uh, Lisa B., Larry K., Linda D., Margie D.L., and Sally A. I think we'll stop there because we're kind of um, running out of time, and we'll pick up some more if we have time then. So if everybody can please press star one make sure you're muted. We'll get started with Lisa B. followed by Larry K. Good morning, Lisa.
5: Good morning. Thank you so much for your service this morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and this is such a such a great topic for me on on many levels. It just reminds me of, um, you know, growing up and when I would always be looking at what other people were doing or what other people, my mother used to have this saying, you know, look at your own plate, (laughs) look at your own plate. And, you know, in life, I tend to look around at what other people are doing or not doing and judge it. Then I compare it to myself. And then what happens is I feel this emptiness and kind of shakiness inside of me. And I've always had this feeling of separation from what I now know is my higher power. And I love the word that I've heard on this line, tethered, being tethered to my higher power. And that is my, that is really my job today all through the day of Being connected to that link of this uh, infinite, invisible power that carries me, that supports me, that's always with me. And I find when I go to other fellowships and also uh, face to face OA meetings, although I'm really blessed in my area, we have um, two OA meetings that are just like this meeting. You know, we focus on the big book, and there's recovered people in there. But, you know, I tend to have this judge thing inside of me, and I think, well, they're not, ju- they're not recovered the way, you know, I-, I think they're supposed to be recovered. And I end up looking at others and comparing, and it really blocks me from my higher power. And then eventually I will start to feel that shakiness and that feeling of separation from my higher power. And I need to, A, learn to feel really confident in my own process and in my own program. And that, other people don't need to tell me that I'm doing something wrong or I'm not doing a 10-step right or, you know, that's not how you do an 11-step. You know, I don't, I really don't need that. Um, I need to go to my higher power, go to this big book, and um, then go out and try and be a, a light, you know, to carry this light, but do it softly and be an example of how I am recovered. And if other people get recovered and have their spiritual experience in a different way, I don't need to compare it to me, and it's all about, you know, this is all about me and the own, my own internal life inside of me, and um, sometimes I still struggle with that. I do tend to look at what other people are doing or not doing, and I either judge it, and then I also will feel resentful, like why don't they have to work as hard as I have to work, you know, and, and that I do go through that too. Um, some are sicker than others. I might be like one of those people that are very very sick inside emotionally and spiritually and mentally and I know that I really need to work and live in these steps really in a very deep deep way, very deep way. And and that's what I need. And I I just wanted to share that. So with that I pass. Thank you.
0: So much. Thank you so much, Lisa B, next up Larry K followed by Linda D. Good morning, Larry.
5: Good
13: morning, Kelly. Thanks so much. Let me set my timer here. Okay. Um, you know, it's interesting, the whole witch-burning thing, and um, you know, B- Bill Wilson, I, I, I've read, he was constantly amazed at the growth and the early success that Cleveland, the folks in Cleveland were having in, in sobering up alcoholics, and, and he would visit there, as we know, from time to time, and he'd go to Ohio, and and, he, and something he wrote Um, early on, he said, yes, I'm quoting him, yes, Cleveland's results were of the best. The results were, in fact, so good, and AA's membership elsewhere was so small that many a Clevelander really thought AA's membership had started there in the first place. The Cleveland pioneers had proved three essential things. The value of personal sponsorship, the worth of AA's big book in indoctrinating newcomers, and finally, the tremendous fact that AA, when the word really got around, could now soundly grow to great size. See, his friend Clarence believed the difference between New York and the Midwest AA at the time was the approach to sobriety. See the approach in Ohio was trust God, clean house and help others. And he and Clarence felt, he said, that the approach in New York was don't drink and go to meetings. There's times on this line that I say things that disturb um, folks. And I, 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 you know, the, o- the only,
6: you know, the only one
13: that knows what's in my heart is, is my higher power. Yet I have to be careful, but I, I always wanted to please in this program and, and I want to please you. And I, I, there was a gentleman that, you know, that I wanted to please. Um, and I wanted to be compassionate. And I thought the way to be compassionate is to, is to be very very accepting and soft and and just you know and 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 not too you know not too rigid on 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 how we work the steps according to the the big book and uh and he's dead and he's never coming back and while I don't take you know blame for that and I know that he perhaps he had a higher power of his own understanding and I have a higher power and acceptance is the answer to all my problems today my approach is a little different. I don't mind disturbing at times. I have to check what's in my heart. But I know that, that my higher power, God saved me from the same fate because I had to be brought into alignment with that higher power and at least for me, the answer was following these steps. We're reading about you know, working with others. So if I offend, my apologies. You know, what I always want to remember is, you know, God saved me from a certain death. And and I know and I know that God did this on my behalf and I, I have no more power than you do. There's my timer, Kelly. But um but sometimes I have to be I have to be um strong within this message. And with that I pass. Thanks.
0: Thanks so much, Larry Kay. Next up, Linda D. followed by Margie D. L. Good morning, Linda.
15: Good morning. It's Linda D from Connecticut. Can you can I be heard? Yes. Oh, good. Ah. I am first of all so astounded and grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater. I was dying and it was very, very ugly and it took me a very long time to be recovered. By following the precise directions in the big book, so that today it's almost five years for me, which is incredible to me after thirty five years in o a um, It's incredible to me that I am recovered and i'm growing, and it's a a two uh there are two points to what I'm going to say. And they were already said, Uh, the first one was, it's my relationship with a higher power, with the divine, with a love, capital L. That's my experience. That's what I can share. And the way that I am able to have that is through these precise directions and all of the fabulous information and experience that I hear particularly on visions. It has saved my life, and OA has saved my life, and this precision of honesty. Um, It may not be popular. I'm a very gentle person, but I will say what I need to say, and I also realize this. In 35 years of being in a program, I've gone through every single stage of, of what people said, Being judgmental, being bitchy, being superior, not even recognizing it, and all of that stuff. I'm human. And the disease made me very, very cranky, to say the least. Now, the more that I grow in my relationship with the divine, with love, I let people be where they're at. If they ask me, I'll say what I think. I'll give my opinion. The responsibility for their recovery, it's not mine. It's theirs. And I had to go through all kinds of stages. And frankly, I'm going to look at a lot of dying people. That is a fact of American life, at least, probably all over the world. I am very blessed to be recovered. I am more than willing to share it with somebody who's willing to work. And the work is arduous, and it is fantastic. I am so grateful. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you for your share, Linda D. Next up, Margie D.L. followed by Sally A. Good morning, Margie.
14: Good morning, Vision For You. This is Margie D.L. from Waco, Texas. I'm gratefully recovered. Um, I'm so glad we're at this part in the book today. My job now is to be at the place where I can be of maximum helpfulness to others. I can visit the most sordid spot on earth, and God will keep me unharmed. One of my character defects is denying reality. And sometimes um, the most sordid place on earth could just be at home, I have uh, a husband who's at a crossroads in his life and he feels depressed and anxious, and sometimes I want to not be here because of what he's going through. But every morning I ask God, what would you have me be? What would you have me do to be helpful to those who still suffer? And sometimes sometimes that person is my husband or one of my kids that are having a hard time. God helps me stay present to the people that I love. Um, Other times, I go to a local face-to-face meeting that doesn't have much recovery. And I go there and think, oh, I don't get very much from this meeting. But that's not what I'm there for. My job now is to be of maximum helpfulness to others. So I don't hesitate. If I get that little nudge from God, I do it because I know that God keeps me unharmed. That's all I have for this morning. Thank you. Thank you for being there. I pass.
16: Thank you
0: so much, Margie DL. Next up, Sally A. Good morning, Sally.
16: Hi, good morning. Can I be
10: heard? Yes, you can.
16: Hi, everyone. Good morning. I'm Sally A. Recovering. Compulsive Overeater in New Jersey. Um, I just I don't have that much to say particularly about the two paragraphs um, because I'm kind of new to recovery. But um, it did make me think about um, being tolerant and um, of my own opinion as well as others. And um, I was kind of proud of myself because I've been going to this one OA meeting for a long time. And uh, they have this rule where you're not allowed to mention any food. And it bothered me for a long time because I just it just didn't sit well with me. So I I got the courage last week to raise my hand and say, you know, or a couple of weeks ago, I, I need a business meeting. I, I would like a business meeting. And, you know, we we raised the, um, the issue and I said, you know, this is Overeaters Anonymous. Like, how can you tell people not to mention food? You know, if I was a newcomer, and I was stopped when I said the word hamburger or cake or cookies or Snickers bars. You know, I wouldn't come back. Um, you know, we're identifying as compulsive overeaters and it just seems appropriate that we would allow people to, you know, I, I understand that the the point of view of not wanting to dwell on food, but let's face it, that's that's why they came in here. So, um and you know, it was it was a pleasure to 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 express my opinion about Things being, I felt like too strict. And, um, and it was also a change in me spiritually with this um, early recovery that I have to also be tolerant of their points of view of why they don't want certain foods to be mentioned. So I, I just think it's a great process of learning tolerance. And I, I see that it's a spiritual growth rather than just the focus on food. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Thank you so much, Sally A. And we have time for one more share if somebody wants to share.
17: Vasa O. Pardon okay,
0: Vasa you, have, Vasa, you have two
7: minutes.
17: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. And Vasa greatly recovered Compulsive Obeda. And I know when I came at the beginning of my program, I avoided places. And uh, I also stopped baking. I was one of those people, baked like two or three times a week. I was going to a lot, a lot of sugar. I was buying probably five pounds of sugar every other week. I had no clue anything about the allergy of the disease. I didn't know anything about the, the food addiction. You know, I thought food was just, you know, food. Everybody eats it. Everybody loves it, but no, not everybody loved it as much as I did. And again, uh, I stopped doing those Things Gradually, I, you know, in the grocery stores, I would just go through certain aisles. And today, it's by the grace of God, I have such a freedom. I can go any place and anywhere, uh, you know, and I feel like I'm safe and protected from the food. It's such a freedom. And, you know, I, I used to, again, you know, when I, when I became app student, when people were struggling, I am saying, what, don't they hear it? Don't they know what, you know, this program is about? Don't they read the big book? Well, I wouldn't have been ready. Maybe if I came a year or two before, before I was ready and I was willing, I probably would have been those people. So today I just share my own experience, strength and hope, and I let people work their their program the way they want to. And I'm not responsible for their recovery, and nobody's responsible for my own recovery. Uh, I'm just so grateful. I've been led to Overeaters Anonymous. I've been saved from this and rescued from this deadly disease by surrendering to a higher power greater than myself and working the 12 steps and doing service. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Vasa, for your share. So let's see. I want to thank everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for this meeting today, Friday, August 31st, nine one one eight five nine. And I want to thank Team Friday for all of August. We had um, Esther F., Tenzin P., readers were Barbara E., Katie G., Hoodie R., and our newcomer greeter was Robin S. and Deb W., Great team Friday and everybody listening. So I will now have the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Miss Katie G., will you please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
7: I can, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.